Hi, guys, and welcome back to Midday Match with Livy. Clearly, I am fucking Livy, and a bitch is tired. A bitch is genuinely so tired, and I'm a little bit sick, but I just think it's allergies. I just hopped off the plane from Chicago maybe an hour ago. Like, hour ago, went home, did my makeup so quickly, and then now we're here. Like, ate a soup dumpling, literally, like, one little soup dumpling from Trader Joe's, and now we're here. So I'm starving, I'm sick, I'm fucking tired, and I'm just coming off as a cranky fucking cunt today, and I don't mean to, but understand that. I don't know why I thought it would be an amazing idea to get off the plane from Chicago and just come and record a podcast. I don't know why I was like, oh my God, that's absolutely brilliant, Livy. You've never had a better idea in your life. So whatever. Let's get into my week intro. Let's talk a little bit about Chicago. I was not expecting to go out in Chicago. That was like never my vibe. I was never like, oh, like, let's go out. But those are the nights that normally it's like, let's I don't expect to go out, like, whatever. We're just going to get dinner and hang out. I then ended up, like, literally shaking ass on, like, a Saudi Arabian prince. You know what I mean? Like, there is no in-between with me. And I wish that was, like, a joking statement. Like, somehow I was with a Saudi Arabian prince all night and, like, loved his vibe, loved his vibe. Didn't really know anything about him or anything at all. But that's just, what like, what happened. And then ended up, like, it's one of those nights, if you saw me out, you did not fucking see me out. Like, you did not see me. And I don't want to talk about it at all. Like, I genuinely don't want to discuss it. I ended up at fucking Tao. Like, Tao. Those were my old stomping grounds, I won't lie. Like, the DJ booth at Tao was, like, my stomping grounds. Ended up there. Brody Jenner was DJing. He is probably, I was going to talk shit about him. Not a great fucking DJ, but, like, my, I look back on the videos from the night and like, you would have thought that I was seeing Diplo live kind of thing. Or like, no, no, no. Let me like, you thought I was seeing SZA live. Like one of my favorite artists because of the way I was acting when Brody Jenner was on stage. It's like, baby, it was Brody Jenner. It was literally nobody important, whatever. So like, I'm talking like that kind of night out where I'm like doing shots. A bitch has not done shots. I don't do shots. I do shots like once a year kind of thing, but somehow it started with us ordering a bottle of wine at dinner and then shots, espresso martinis, more shots. I was just pounding alcohol like no other, which does make my OCD absolutely terrible. And I say it every time and it's like, Livy, when are you going to learn? When are you going to learn? I don't know. I'm probably not. So I just like ended up at my old stomping ground. So I got my mom her birthday present. If you follow me on TikTok, you know that that bitch has been asking for the world for her birthday. I decided to get her a Gucci wallet. I did drop a nice amount of money on her because it's her 60th number one. Two, that's my bitch. That's my mother. Like I love her more than anything in the entire world. And even though I do talk shit about her on the internet, like I love that motherfucker more than anything. It's literally my mom. Like why did I call her a motherfucker? But love her more than anything. And I was able to give her a Gucci wallet. I've never, for the YouTube people that are watching, I've never done this. So I don't know what the fuck I just did a heart for. Anyways, able to give her that. And I don't, that was just like one of the surreal moments where it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? I can do that for her. Like this just makes me so genuinely happy. I'm like, ah, that just does something for my soul where it's like, I've always wanted to take care of my mom, like financially, emotionally, whatever, because she took care of me for so long. And then like my father never provided any of us with that. So it's like, if I can provide that for my family, like employing Sissy is like so huge to me. Cause it's like, I got to take care of you kind of thing. And then even with my mom, like even like the smallest thing of like getting her a wallet that she's wanted for like ever, it's like, that means the world to me. Those are the things that like keep me 
keep me going, love, and keep me working really fucking hard so it's like I can give her the life that she's always deserved and always needed. So it's like I want to retire that bitch. You know what I mean? So, yeah, giving her that was just like a, a cute little moment because she just wasn't expecting it either. And I was just – but then at the same time was expecting it. She's a crazy little bitch, but I love her to death. And it's being able to take care of them is like I would say like my ultimate goal in life. Just like financially we got it and we're all good and I love you. That's just really important to me. So let's get into this week's episode. Guys, trigger warning, I will be talking about – like a suicide attempt. Sorry. And you, I didn't mean to do a British accent. The thing is, when I talk about my trauma or anything I've been through, I'm so far healed from it that I don't feel the need to really, like I'm able to joke about these things. And yes, it's going to be a serious topic. Like we're going to be talking about suicide attempt, depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, my mental health journey in general. But I'm still going to keep it as lighthearted and fun as I can because it's not something that I want to sit here and be like, like just said, shedding a tear. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. This is something that made me who I am today. I would never take back any of this. Like, yeah, it was fucking hell. And I went through absolute misery and you're going to hear all about it. But yeah, I don't know. I would never change any of it. So if you hear me joking and you're like, she's joking about these things, it's just like, just know I'm doing that because I, one, I cope with comedy too. I'm so far removed from it. And it happened to me babes happen to me so I can react whatever way I choose to react to my trauma. It just is like you can do yours. So I just wanted to share it with you guys because if anyone's going through the same thing that I went through, I want you to one, feel less alone. Two, know that you can make it out on the other end and you will be okay. And three, just like if my story can help one of you guys, that'll make my day kind of thing. So also I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. So it's like, not a therapist. These are just the things that helped me. This is just my story. This is just my journey. The biggest disclaimer. Thank you. So yeah, I want to like get into it and just really get deep and talk my shit. Also, I'm going to be splitting this into two parts. So I think that this part will cover everything I went through. And then I don't really know how the fuck it's going to happen, but it is getting split into two parts. So this is going to be a two-part episode. So Let's let's get into how my mental health started. So in eighth grade, I had my first panic attack ever. Listen, I didn't know it was a fucking panic attack. I quite literally thought I was having a heart attack and dying. Like you're eighth grade, what? I'm like 13 years old. Like why the fuck would I know it's a panic attack? So I immediately went to the nurse, like not knowing what it was. And then every time I would go back to school in like the specific math class, like my fucking cunt teacher would never let me leave. And like, so I'd be like, I'm sick. I'm going to throw up. And she'd be like, no, you have to sit down. Like you're, you can't go to the bathroom. You have to learn fractions. And it was like, it would cause me so much anxiety that I would just have these panic attacks. But at 13 years old, I had no idea what they were. Like you quite literally think you're dying when you don't know what a panic attack is. You're just like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this shit? So I would, I kept going to the nurse and this was like a thing that just like kept on happening and it would get so bad. And it really was just like me having anxiety, me having anxiety about having anxiety. So I would be like freaking the fuck out about the fact that what if I have a panic attack in math today? Or like, what if I feel that sensation that I'm dying again? So I would then, I kept going to the nurse. My mom kept taking me up from school. It kept being a cycle. And then my mom was like, you're having anxiety. And like, 
to me, she, to me, her saying that in eighth grade was she could have been like, you're having chlamydia. Like, I'd be like, what the fuck is it? Like, what? I have a terminal illness? Like, I don't know. And like, I just didn't understand what anxiety was. And I don't think any eighth grader at the time that I was in eighth grade would know what the fuck anxiety was, but I did have to go to a treatment program. So I went to like an outpatient treatment program where, cause I like was so anxious to go to school and like, I would stop going to school. So I was in the outpatient treatment program for about the rest of my eighth grade year. And like the anxiety was spreading to different parts of my life where like I was a competitive cheerleader. I didn't want to go to cheer anymore. I was getting too anxious to go to cheer. I didn't like the car ride to cheer. It was freaking me the fuck out. And then like I even missed my eighth grade graduation kind of thing. But an outpatient program basically is just like all day therapy. So and then you talk about all your problems and everything. And that's when I was diagnosed with like a panic disorder, anxiety, OCD, depression, all of the above, all the fun mental illnesses in the world. So that's when I was diagnosed with that. And I continue to do my outpatient program throughout the summer. So eighth grade, whatever, that all happened. I felt great in the summer. I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. Like, I can't wait to start my freshman year, like walk in the bad bitch, pop my pussy type of thing, right? I thought I was healed. I thought I was completely fine. I was like, I have my coping mechanisms. I can count to fucking 10. Like, I'm good. I'm ready to go back to school. So my freshman year rolls around and my mom is like freaking out because mind you, my mom's by my side through everything that I went through. And she's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I'm going to be more than fucking okay. Day three comes by. I have a panic attack of my freshman year. I have a panic attack in my... I think it was like math class or something. Probably, God, maybe I'm just triggered about math because I suck at it. But had a panic attack in my math class, went to the nurse, said I had cramps, and I never went back to that campus because my high school was divided into two campuses, like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. I never completed like a full day of school there ever again. And it just, the anxiety that I thought went away didn't. And it just like tripled beyond belief. Like there was just 20 times more anxiety to the point where it was like a good two weeks that my mom was like, please go to school. And I was like, I physically cannot go to school. And I, I couldn't even understand why I was having anxiety about going to school, but it just, it blew up. And I completely isolated myself from every single part of my life. So obviously had to go back to outpatient therapy and I'm there and I'm talking about all my issues. And it's like, but there was something around school that was causing me so much anxiety. I just honestly felt like I couldn't go to school. So I was back in outpatient. It, outpatient wasn't really helping much. Like my anxiety and depression were just like 20 times worse because my anxiety was like so debilitating. Like I genuinely felt like I couldn't leave the house. And then you throw on OCD on top of that where I was like having to like pick stuff up and stuff like that. And I'm just having these OCD compulsions. And I'm 13, 14 years old. I don't know how old you are in high school, but whatever. 15, I think I was 15. And I'm having all these like, insane mental health struggles. And like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I have absolutely no idea why I'm like, I need to pick this up or like, I'm going to die, you know, or I have a panic attack in math class and it feels like my world is ending and I'm like freaking the fuck out. I don't know what's happening. So diagnosed again with panic disorder, OCD, anxiety, depression, all of it. And I just, yeah, I completely isolated myself my freshman year. And I was in outpatient therapy. It wasn't really helping. I couldn't, I just like couldn't go back to school. Like I was that anxious that I couldn't do it. And it became super isolating. 
which it just felt like life in general was completely isolating. Like I genuinely only had like my mom, you know, cause you're not in school. Like everyone else is in school. Everyone's going to homecoming, doing all these things. And like, I had already made the cheer team. I had quit competitive cheer at that point. I was completely isolated from everything. My anxiety isolated, which caused a lot of depression, like severe, severe depression. And that severe depression landed me an inpatient. Okay. So inpatient is where you have to stay the night kind of like, that's where they put you when you're like real suicidal. And they're like, we need to watch you 24 seven kind of thing. So I was put into inpatient and cause I just like the anxiety, the depression, everything got worse. Like I genuinely had no will to live. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like this anxiety is debilitating. This depression is getting worse. I'm all alone. I have nothing. This feels like it's never going to get better. I'm fucking 15 years old. Like what do I do in this situation? So I was in inpatient, hated it in there, hated it in there. It was not good. No, no, no. But, um, then I got out of inpatient. I wasn't in there for long. It's like a week at a time kind of thing, whatever. And I remember getting out of inpatient and going and meeting with my counselors from school. And they were like, listen, you're not in school. You're not even doing any of the work kind of thing. Like my counselor looked me in the eyes and was like, you're one, not going to graduate with your class. And I've seen kids who have cancer that have more of a will to live than you do. Like imagine being 15 and some dumb fuck says that to you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't want to live. Sorry. I literally just got out of outpatient, like, I mean, inpatient. And you're telling me I don't have the will to live. Obviously, that's why I was an inpatient, you dumb fuck. And they're like, you're never graduating with your class. And with the way things are going right now, like, I don't even, they're like, good luck, you know, kind of thing. Um, and the school was honestly horrible about it. They just handled everything really bad. Cause like, if I had known why the fuck I was having anxiety about school, don't you think I would have got to the root problem and like figured it the fuck out kind of thing? Like it was just something that I couldn't really figure out or put anything on it. So just feeling hopeless, feeling like I'm letting everyone down too. You're so young. And it's like, I'm like, I, I don't know why I'm having these feelings. I don't know where all this is coming from. I feel so hopeless. I've, I'm letting my mom down. I'm watching her cry every day because she doesn't understand why I'm having the mental illness I'm having. I also don't understand the mental illness I'm having. Everyone's like, where the fuck are you, Livy? Like, why aren't you in school? It was quite literally to the point I was like, I told my close friends, I was like, just tell everyone I have cancer. Because like, that's a lot less embarrassing than the fact that like anxiety. And I remember my mom saying to me, she was like, you're so young that most people your age don't even know what anxiety is at that point. Like most people aren't going to be str like they struggle with this way later in life. And I was like, yeah, that's probably why it felt fucking debilitating love. Like it felt debilitating. So I was all alone with my mommy, literally. Also, um, yeah, they were just like, we literally don't see you making it out of this kind of thing, which is like a really shitty thing to say. It's like, it's just mental illness. Like you assholes. Anyways, um, the only person who like genuinely, I feel like didn't give up on me was my mom. And my mom was there balancing being in like the most toxic, abusive marriage while helping me go to different treatment programs, different therapies. I'm trying different medications. I'm doing all these things. Like all the treatment programs are like, well, we haven't really seen anything like this. Like basically like I was like one of a kind, you know what I mean? They're like, we never seen anything like this. Like she's really mentally ill, love. Like we don't really know what to do with her. And my mom was just there the entire time being like, no, it's okay. We're going to fix this. We're going to, it's, I'm with you every step of the way. When she honestly like could have given up for like a year to be dealing with 
me going in and out of outpatient programs, different ones, me also going in and out of inpatient and like dealing with my suicide attempts, like that is such a heavy thing for a mother to deal with. And she just like was just there by my side through the entire thing and was like, I'm not giving up on you. Like that's the last thing I'll fucking do. And I was like, thank you. Because if she gave up on me, like I just don't know where I would, I don't think I'd be here. I personally would not be here. So that leads me into my second suicide attempt. It was just at the point where I just felt so hopeless and so low. And then I was put in inpatient again, obviously, because if you attempt, they're like, bitch, get an inpatient. I actually low-key loved this inpatient. It like wasn't that bad, kind of fun, which is like not really something that should be like fun. But it, I was surrounded by people who I felt like understood what I was going through. Because for the first time in my life, I was around people that were like, oh, wait, I'm going through the same thing as you, like this anxiety, this depression. I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. And I was like, okay, this feels good to be around people who actually get what the fuck I'm going through. Because I just felt like an absolute psychopath. But to get that low where you want to take your life, I think is a really scary place to be. And yeah, like I just remember feeling that hopeless and feeling like I was never going to get better. And I was just disappointing everybody. And mind you, all those things were in my head. Like that's that's a huge quote that I love is your anxiety is lying to you. It's like my anxiety was fully lying to me. And yeah, it was just, I hate to like look back and be like, I was that low at that point that I really just like didn't want to be here. I like genuinely feel like I got a second opportunity at life, I would say, in the sense of like making life gorgeous and beautiful because I mean, when you try and take it and it doesn't work, there's a reason that you're still here. So yeah. And like I genuinely, anyone that feels that low or is at that point, like reach out for help. Do something before you get there because it's just, this world is beautiful. And I know mental illness is hard and it feels like debilitating, but I genuinely think that you can get through it. And the reason I'm saying that is because like, bitch, I've been there. Like I was at that same exact point where I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm ready. I gotta, whatever. And like, I'm glad it didn't happen because now I'm here and we'll get into my whole, like how I got here, all these things, everything like that. But yeah, I didn't want to live. And that was that. I just felt so fucked up. Like I would never get better. Couldn't leave my house. And you're watching, mind you, Instagram was a thing at this point. I'm watching all my friends live such an amazing life, which obviously made the depression worse. Like that's just not good. But within my freshman year, I was in like four different treatment programs. I saw 17 therapists. To be fair, I hated every therapist. Like I was just a fucking bitch to every single therapist because I was just like, fuck you. I hate this. I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And you're just asking me why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, bitch. I don't fucking know. If I knew, don't you think I wouldn't be here? Obviously. So yeah, like nobody could cure me. That was the big thing. Like nobody could cure me. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And then when you're hearing that, you're like, okay, what the fuck? Like this is a little bit, like what is wrong with me that like nobody can fucking cure me? Like this is insane. So my sophomore year, I remember this vividly. I remember I was like sitting on my couch and I was watching, I found SNL clips and I was like, okay, this is like my freshman year summer going into my sophomore year of high school. And like, mind you, still wasn't in school, was doing like the work from home kind of thing, like doing my school work from home. But I was watching these SNL clips. I found these SNL clips and I specifically found like acting clips of like Jennifer Lawrence. And I 
for some reason just fell in love with it. And I was like, this is like so amazing. Like I want to do this. I love comedy. Like I, I want to do this. So to be 15 years old, 16 at this point, and I just find these comedy clips and I'm like, wait a minute. I like fucking love this. Like, and I felt excited for the first time within like two years of my life. I was like, I'm excited to wake up and watch these like SNL clips. I'm excited to wake up, watch like Jennifer Lawrence in a new movie and like watch these comedy clips, watch Chelsea Handler kind of thing. I was like, I'm excited. And that was the first time that I had felt excitement in two years. Like it was the only thing that brought me a little bit of joy. And for some reason, I was like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I want to do with my life, which is a huge thing for a child who can't get the fuck out of bed to say, to be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I want to do this. Like, this is exactly what I want to do. It's like, you want to perform in front of millions? Bitch, go to school first kind of thing. Like, get the fuck up and go to school. So my sophomore year, I found those clips and I was kind of over everyone doubting me. Like, I had to sit in so many meetings of like my teachers and like my principals just being like we don't know what to do with like good fucking luck with this one. Like we don't know what to do with her. Like nothing's going to cure her. Like to the point where I'd walk out of the meetings and be like, I'm fucking done. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. You don't know what's wrong with me. So why are we sitting here and having a conversation about this dumb shit? Like, are you going to fix me? No. So get the fuck out of my way. So I had to go to a therapeutic day school, which is like a very small school. And like, you could go outside for walks whenever you're feeling anxious, like little things. Like I had to be reintroduced into society because I was so, I was out of it for so long. So I was like, I'm over. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to go to the therapeutic day school. Like I'm ready to do this because one, I'm so sick and fucking tired of these counselors, these teachers, these dumb fucks saying that I'm not going to I'm not even going to live another year. Like, I'm not going to make it to 18 years old. And I'm not going to, like, all these things. And, like, the school, like I said, handled it really horribly. Certain members of the school, because I will say when I did go back to my home school, surprise, the bitch makes it back to school. But I did have amazing people that helped me get through that transition. But therapeutic day school, literally, like, five kids per class. They're really in touch with your emotions, all those things, anxiety. And I hated it. I hated every fucking minute of the therapeutic day school. I was like, oh God, just get me. And I think because I hated therapeutic day school so much, I was like, just get me back to fucking regular school, like my home school. I think, and my mom was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I want to try it out because like, I hate this therapeutic day school so much. So it just gave me the motivation kind of to go back to school. Also, like I still had that comedy in the back of my head. Like I still want to do that. Like it's bringing me joy. It's making me happy. Like every day I'm coming home from school, I'm watching those clips. I'm like going to the therapeutic day school. Like I'm going to be on that stage one day or like I'm going to do comedy one day. And it's like, okay, bitch, go back to normal school. Get out of therapeutic day school before you do all those things. So I, I do say I hated it there just because it wasn't really my vibe. You're like, what does that even mean? I mean, a therapeutic day school is just exhausting and draining in general. But it was a huge stepping stone for me to get back into school, and it helped a lot with my anxiety. So I remember at the end of my sophomore year meeting with my counselor, and I looked at him, and I was like, I'm ready. I want to go back to um, school. I want to go back to my home school. And he was like, are you serious? Because mind you, I'm the bitch that nobody could cure me, all these things, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I want to try it. I want to do that. And I know I'm making it sound like um, comedy cured me. I would just say the motivation of comedy was just something that was like giving me joy that I was really holding on to, as well as bitch four different treatment programs. Like I have a list of tools to help me get through this anxiety and shit like that. So I was doing that. But, um, 
Yeah, I also, because I wasn't really on medication. My mom was so against medication, so I was only on medication here and there. And now I, like, have control over my own life, and a bitch will be medicated when a bitch needs to be medicated. But um, completely understood my mom's reasoning for not wanting to do it. Like, because they wanted to put me on, like, beta blockers at, like, 16, and it's like, wait, wait, what the fuck? So I remember looking at my counselor and being like, yeah, like, put me in ceramics. I want to go back for at least one period a day. Imagine the surprise of everyone in my grade who probably thought I died just being like, wait, she's back? Like, what do you mean she's back? Because I just really just like popped the fuck out of nowhere and was just sitting in ceramics class in the middle of like school one day. Like it was like the end of like the trimester or whatever. And I'm just popping up in the middle of ceramics. It wasn't even accredited class for me. It was just more for me to get back in the building. They just wanted to see me in the building. Everyone was like, wait, what? Like, what is Livy doing here? And I'm just sitting there like, Hi. Hello, everybody. How are we? They're like, bitch, we thought you had cancer. All your friends told us you had cancer. What are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm back. And they're like, where were you? And I was like, oh, I just like took some time off of school. Like, I was just lying. I was saying absolutely anything just so I didn't have to be like, oh, I was in the mental hospital. I was in the psych ward, you know? I was just doing that thing. So, yeah, I... Went back to normal school. It was really an adjustment for everyone to be like, what is Livy doing here? Like, what the absolute fuck? Like, I was the talk of the town and I was like, hey, how are we all doing? Like, how is everyone? I'm back. And it was really just something like so fucking weird, but I was like determined to get back to school. So I knew I was like, I am not going to the therapeutic day school anymore. Like my junior year of high school, absolutely fucking not. I decided, I was like, I kind of just really gripped life by the balls. And I was like, I know what I want right now and I want I don't want this anxiety to control my life anymore. I don't want all these things. And that is like it's not like I just like woke up one day and I was like, "Ah, I just like don't want to do that." It's like, "No, I was on a medication that was helping me. I was on all these things." I also before I went back my junior year, I had a full plan put in like put in place where if I needed to leave class at any time, I could go and be with my cheer coach, who like my cheer coach, it was also a teacher at the school and was like the reason I was able to be back in school and so successful with it too. And I'm so grateful for her. And I literally love her so much. She knows exactly who the fuck she is. And like none of this would have been possible without her. Because I realized the problem was I was having anxiety about having anxiety at school and feeling trapped. And it all went back to eighth grade, that one teacher like not letting me leave the classroom when I was visibly having panic attacks. And I just felt like so overwhelmed by my anxiety. And it was just that. And once I like figured that out, like the root of the anxiety, I was able to control it a little bit more. And I was able to understand my triggers more. Cause like back then, honestly, there wasn't that much, like mental health was not talked about the way it's talked about now. Like, I feel like it's so much easier to hear about people's struggles and stuff like that. I genuinely felt like a black sheep. I was like, babe, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is this? What is wrong with me? So I had that plan put in place and bitch, trust me, I used it. I'd be like, I need to go see, I need to go see my cheer coach. And they'd be like, okay, go right ahead. Like go right ahead. It almost was to the point where like, I loved hanging out with her so much that I would just be there like all the fucking time. And she's like, okay, you actually have to go to class and learn. I was like, no, but we're having too much fun. And she's like, I know we're having the best time. Like just stay a little longer. So I was back in school my junior year, back on my cheer team, back on my competitive cheer team. And then I tried out for improv. I took an improv class and Improv is a part of comedy. So 
I was randomly placed into it, which is like the weirdest thing ever. Mind you, I'm still like fucking loving my SNL clips. I like genuinely feel like that really helped me get through a lot of it was just like the hope of like, wait, I want to do this one day. Like I actually saw a future for myself and I had hope for the first time. I was like, I need to chase this feeling, whatever this is. If I can grab onto this, I will be able to like keep going. So I was randomly placed into an improv class because I needed to get my credits done. Oh, and I was doing summer school at the time, so I was getting all these credits in because I really wanted just to have a big fuck you to my counselor who was like, good luck making it to 18, babe, and like, good luck even graduating with your class. I was like, no, I'm going to work my fucking ass off to prove this dumb fuck wrong. That is exactly what I'm going to do. But as soon as I went to um, North Campus is what it's called, I feel like when my junior, senior year... That team around me, like those teachers, those, like my cheer coaches specifically, like both of them were the most amazing people and helped me so much with my anxiety. Everyone else from that fucking school was absolutely horrible. That's just that. Anyways. And like, if you know where I went to school, you know where I went to school. But yeah, I, where was I? Got back into my competitive, oh, tried out did my improv class, loved it so much. And I was like, wait a second. I want to try out for the improv show. Literally, babe, sweating in my boots, shaking in my boots. I'm 16 years old. I'm back in school for the first time. Three months in, I'm like, I'm trying out for improv. My mom's like, what the fuck? Whose child is this? Because you were just bedridden for like a year and a half and now you're here. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's good, bitch? So I tried out for improv and I made it. And I genuinely loved improv. And then I was like rehearsing every day before going back to, I mean, rehearsing every day for the improv show. And like within like five months of being back in school, I was on stage doing improv in front of like hundreds of people. Everyone was like, wait a second. This is the bitch that like literally wouldn't get out of bed. And I'm like, fuck all of you dumb fucks. So I was in improv and that's what led me to Second City, which is like a comedy school for training comedy. And so that's what led me there. Improv, doing that. I'm still doing competitive cheer. And yeah. I just really, yeah, joined improv. Um, But then, like, everything did feel good. I was, like, going back into society. Like, I was back with my friends that I hadn't seen in so long. I was cheering. I was on improv. I was living my best life. I was being a little whore. Like, I was doing so much. I was literally sneaking boys into my bedroom at night kind of thing. I was like, I have a lot of years. Like, I missed my entire freshman fucking year and sophomore, basically. I have some catching up to do, okay? I'm, like, a late bloomer at this point. I need, like, somebody to fuck me. No. So... My junior year was also the first time that I was essayed, sexually assaulted for the first time. And that is such a, I just remember being like, wait a second. I, yeah, like dealing with sexual assault in general is this whole other topic, which like you guys have, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, I've talked about it a million times, but to have gone through everything I went through with mental health and depression, anxiety, all these things to then be sexually assaulted and not understand what the fuck had just happened to me besides an immense amount of guilt and like sickness and feeling just like horrible. Cause I just, that's the only way that I could really put that when I talk about sexual assault. And if you've experienced it, unfortunately, you know, the feeling I'm talking about. Hi guys. So part two will be coming next Friday, but if you want more of me, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at sheislivy. I'm excited to deep dive more in next week's episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed this one.